0: we are back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Be part of the conversation on the Finley Kia text line at 69187 Finley Kia.
1: Come see a Kia on West Sahara. Joining the show now is the governor of Nevada, Steve Sisolak. Good morning, Steve. How are you today?
2: Good morning, Ed. How are you guys doing?
1: Governor, how are you?
2: It's a pleasure. I'm doing well. Thank you. Doing well. Excited about tonight's game.
1: (laughs) Are you going to be there?
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. This has been years in the making, and it's just – it was an awful lot of effort by a tremendous amount of people and great uh, building trades that got that stadium built on time, and it's just its a magnificent facility, and I'm really looking forward to getting the Raiders off to a great start this year.
1: Steve, I wanted to ask you, you uh, obviously have the mandate where it's either got to be masks for an indoor stadium like Allegiant Stadium or – the vaccine mandate and i'm curious what were the conversations like with mark davis before you guys implemented that and basically we had a couple events at Allegiant stadium under a mass mandate where masks weren't being worn by everybody that were there so what were those conversations like with mark davis before you guys implemented that
2: well we had a, an issue with some of the st- events that they had in there where people were going in there and i had discussions with both mark and dan ventrelli that they were people were wearing the mask when they went through the turnstile but then they took it off as soon as uh, they got through the turnstile or they had ushers constantly trying to get them to replace their masks and whatnot. And it was difficult. And Mark said to me, he said, Jesus, is there any way we could not have them wear masks? Because the enforcing of this is difficult and it's just not the same atmosphere. And we got with my medical advisory team and we spent a lot of time going back and forth and came up with a plan that if he can assure us that everybody is vaccinated, uh, we'd be able to remove the masks. And I got to commend the Raiders are the first uh, NFL team in the country to do this We had inquiries from several NFL cities about the policy. We're going to see how it works tonight, but they've gone above and beyond. He wanted to have the right atmosphere in the environment, which he felt was no masks and people be able to cheer and, you know, back the Raiders. And, and that was only possible. If people got vaccinated. So that's what he was. And it wasn't a mandate. You know, it was a decision we gave him. Look, you can do it either way. Uh, We've done similar now with conventions and some of them have chosen to have the vaccination required, and some are going the
0: other way. Steve, when you go back to these very first meetings, a couple of things stand out. One being very everyone was very excited. David Beckham was was at one of the meetings. I remember that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember. They're very, very excited. Uh, when you're sitting in those meetings and it's first brought together, and Mark Davis is at the early meetings, and, and Mark Bedain, and we want to do this, we want to bring them here, uh, at that point... What did you think the hurdles were? And as you went through the process, as the hurdles were kind of scaled, um, wh- what were the challenges to get this done?
2: There were a tremendous amount of challenges. They didn't have a site at the time. We were looking at a site that would be appropriate. And there was always the issue of financing, how this was going to possibly be financed, uh, whether or not the locals were going to participate in the financing and, and the move to be done. And it was a there were a lot of meetings. And you're right, going back on those, we had them at UNLV and stadium group that was put together, and there was a lot of opposition to getting the Raiders here, but uh, it was they never took no for an answer. I mean, they kept moving forward along, and I commend an awful lot of people. I know the building trades, and Tommy White and the laborers got out in front of it, and Sheldon Adelson was a huge impetus to make this happen. I don't think, without the help of Sheldon Adelson, we'd have had this possibility today, and uh, just an awful lot of people to thank, and an awful lot of people were supportive of it, but the one thing you've got to remember is not only is it a huge economic development for us, but it was that tens of thousands of jobs were created as a result of this and ongoing jobs when they're there tonight, you know, uh, whether the concessions or parking or uh, ticket taking, whatever it might be. A lot of folks got to work as a result of this. and We're thankful and it's bringing a lot of people into town. There's a lot of folks coming to this game tonight that are from California, from Baltimore, wherever it might be. uh, They're, staying in our hotel rooms and eating in our restaurants and shopping in our stores. So those are all real positive things that I'm excited about it.
1: All right, Steve, what do you want to see? Do you want to see a lot of purple in the stands? Cause that's good for Las Vegas. If a lot of people come from Baltimore, <laughs> but it's not necessarily good for the Raiders.
2: No, I want to see a lot of black and silver in the stands, but I know we're going to get a lot of purple in the stands for Baltimore. A lot of folks are coming just because it's, you know, obviously a Monday night game, which is huge. Uh, Raiders are looking, I think better this year. I think we're going to have a good year. And, and I can't say enough about uh, Coach Gruden and uh, Mark MD has been terrific in terms of dealing with and all the issues that came up. and it's not perfect yet, but they're doing everything they can to make it a great environment and a, and a great uh, time to go to the stadium. and, and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm thrilled about the fact that they've taken this vaccine initiative. As a result of this, we've gotten whether the people were resistant or hesitant, we've gotten thousands of folks uh, vaccinated that just wanted to go to this Raider Baltimore game and the other games coming later this year. So that's a real positive, and the only thing that can make it any better is a good win tonight.
0: Uh, As you and I talked earlier for a story, the only mystery remains uh, MD's haircut. Uh, We're not sure uh, (laughs) if it has ever changed or where he gets that haircut. You talked to Mick Akers of the Review-Journal recently about as many teams as this city can handle. it's always been not only the financing and the whole A thing, and okay, the one question Tyler and I want to know is how are you financing this thing? And this is what we have not learned yet. But in your mind, in talking to Mick, in terms of bringing as many teams here as possible, how many teams can this city handle?
2: Well, because of the tourist, you know, uh, population coming in here, I think we could handle, you know, two or three more. We can handle five. The big, the big franchises. Uh, I did have a chance to talk to the commissioner of Major League Baseball. We had a great conversation and. About the prospects of Las Vegas, and uh, excited about that. Of course, I got to see Adam when he was in town for Summer League for the NBA, and we talked about the NBA coming. And then Major League Soccer is still testing the waters here and wants to come. So there's a lot coming. The success of the Golden Knights and the Raiders uh, have kind of made this a fertile ground for people to explore, to come to. And and sports fans in in Las Vegas are tremendous. And you get some crossover between hockey and football and potentially baseball, but a lot of them have their own group of fans, you know, that look, they'd like to go to baseball games. So they don't like hockey necessarily, or might not be football fans, but they're baseball fans. So uh, the question of them is finding an adequate location and uh, the ability to build a stadium. And, and that's a real possibility down the line here.
1: Publicly, Adam Silver has said the NBA isn't expanding anytime soon or right now cuz the the value isn't enough for them to do it right now but what were those conversations you had with them like during the summer
3: league?
2: Adam was great. I mean he's been a good friend for several years now. I see him every year at summer league. And uh Warren has done a great job bringing summer league here and we have the discussion every year how's it looking. There's always a couple teams that are potentially going to move and you know we talk about that and there's not an immediate expansion on the on the horizon but I think they see the success here, and they see a market that somebody wants to get involved with and get a piece of. So, I see it happening. I don't know if it's going to be uh, in the next year or two, but definitely in the foreseeable future, I think you will see an NBA team in in Las Vegas.
0: I wanted to always ask you this. I haven't been able to uh, because obviously over the weekend it was the 20 year anniversary of 9 11. You were very instrumental. And in terms of the shooting here, um, had the Golden Knights not been here this year, that year, had they not started very shortly afterwards, would the town have healed as fast? And I, I don't want to make sports the main reason for it, but they had a lot to do with that. If you remember and know, had that never happened with the Golden Knights, would it have been a would it have been a slower heal?
2: Yeah, absolutely, without a doubt. I mean, with the with the Golden Knights, did in the tragedy of of uh, one October was just amazing. I mean, they had the first responders there that they were honoring. They had all the victims' names on ice. Uh, It was just remarkable how they became such an integral part of this community. And, again, here Bill Foley has been a great friend and a great partner and will do anything for this community. And they really stepped up at a time where this community needed some hope. They needed something to believe in. And the Knights gave them not only the hope but a little bit of a distraction where you can take so much of the – the tragedy that existed and uh, it gave people a hope and it was a you know, dream team come together and they just fell a little bit short at the end, but it was something that will, I don't think ever be replicated. I hope there's never another tragedy like that, but sports is a healing thing. Sports is a distraction for some. It's healing for others. They look forward to the games. They look forward to the excitement. And I think that's a real positive for our community.
1: What have your conversations been like with Bill Foley about going between uh, requiring vaccines versus requiring masks to enter a game?
2: Well, we're having those discussions ongoing. Right now they're using the mask policy. I know that they have the same difficulty in terms of ushers going up and down the aisles, you know, getting people put on masks. It's a little bit different because Bill does not control T-Mobile. You know, they're basically a tenant in there for the hockey games with the Legion and the, uh, the Raiders. Mark has a lot more influence on what happens inside of uh, Allegiant, and he made it this uh, program for the Raiders. It's not necessarily for everything else. You've seen the Rebels have gone in there under a different policy. We've had contracts, our concerts, rather, that have gone in there under a different policy. So that all kind of remains to be seen in terms of how it will move. But right now, Bill is adopting a, uh, a different approach. He has been; The Knights have been extremely helpful in trying to get people vaccinated. We've had sites at the T-Mobile and the players have participated in them and they've done some PSAs for us. And, uh, they're all supportive of it. I mean, Everybody is. The best we can do to get through this for everybody involved is to get as many people as we possibly can vaccinated because that's going to be what gets us out of this pandemic.
1: Well, he is Steve Sisolak, Governor of Nevada. Steve, we appreciate your time this Thank morning. Thank you, Governor.
2: It's a pleasure. Go Raiders. Just win, baby. <laughs>
1: I think I know who he
0: wants to win tonight. Um yeah that was that was a good to call by you because the because there's so many out of town fans, right? And that's one of the things when they built the stadium because there's so many Raiders fans, but also you, I mean Baltimore fans probably circled it, right? I mean all these out of town teams
1: are going to circle Vegas to come to these games. Well, that was the funny part when we were giving them 750 million dollars was the only way that it makes sense to give them 750 million dollars is if they bring tourists to the mm-hmm. city. And Beyonce.
2: Yeah, well, we still haven't
1: gotten Beyonce <laughs> or David Beckham. Either one of those. But what? that goes against what the Raiders actually want. The Raiders don't want a bunch no. of people from Baltimore. They don't want this to be the to Chargers town. home home right. stadium. But so like what's good for Vegas is if that stadium is one hundred percent full of guys from Baltimore. That's what that would be the best case scenario for Vegas is if not a single person from this city went to a game that it was 100 percent road fans. But obviously, that's the worst case scenario for the Raiders for the Raiders. Right. So that was the funny part. And like, okay, what's great for Vegas is not what's
0: good for the actual Raiders. So what you're saying is for a home game, they got to go play the Chargers on that Monday night football. (laughs) And then there will be a game because the Chargers never have home games. Yes.
1: So, you know, that's what are you cheering for as the governor? Because you need if if all the, you know, economic stimulus they promoted that may or may not end up coming true, it cannot come true at all if the stadium's full of Raider fans from Las Vegas. It can get close to coming true if it's full of people from Baltimore or whatever teams coming in here.
0: Let me ask you this, because I do think people will drive in on the day of. Is the Raider fan base with the L.A. and the Bay Area and the Arizona fans, can they curtail that
1: a little because they will come in for games yeah it's possible the the main question i don't know how long they'd stay in town then. right the main question on them is are they coming for an entire weekend or are they or just coming driving just for the game i think a monday night game probably hurts that because they might be coming in for monday and right leaving after it's over tomorrow but the other problem with that is are those people that were already coming to vegas before we got the raiders like, if you live in Southern California, were you already making two trips to Vegas every year? Just to come to Vegas. Yeah, but and now you're still making two trips to Vegas. You just happen to be going to Raiders. Game. Right. Yeah. That, that doesn't help us economically. No. It's still the same amount of people coming just to Just to coming at a different time. Exactly. So that's sort of the people from California. If you're generating more trips or newer trips from those people, then yes, that helps. But if it's somebody that, hey, they normally come in March... And now they've changed it to, well, yeah, I'm going to go to a game in October. You just sort of moved around when, like, anecdotally, I have a cousin who lives in Denver. They're big Broncos fans. They're big NASCAR fans. They come out here, well, before the pandemic, they would come out here every year for For the NASCAR NASCAR race. They've told me, yeah, we're coming out for a Broncos game eventually. And it's like, okay, so if they make two trips out, if they come to NASCAR and a Broncos game, that's better. That's right. This one extra trip. If they just skip NASCAR and come for the Broncos game. Same thing. Yeah, we don't gain any economic benefit from that. So that's kind of where that stands.
0: I'll tell you what, I was at that meeting with Beckham. Oh, forget about it. Forget about it. Who
1: got Beckham here, by the way?
0: I don't know. It <laughs> the, 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 Put it this way. A lot of people in the audience were very excited. Dave Beck, Beckham <laughs> was in the room. And we haven't seen David Beckham since
1: then. No, he's got his own team he's in Miami. he got his own team in Miami I, again, yeah. I don't know why David Beckham was here, and then we elected not to be <laughs> well, a part of the World Cup. I'm trying to remember because
0: again, these meetings were really sleepy meetings because you had to fall asleep most of the time. Me, Clay Baker, and I was David Beckham at that point choosing between bringing it to uh, Las no, Vegas I think or he Miami. Had. Was he already in Miami? I, okay, all right. I'd have to okay. go back and double right. check. Okay, but I think he already, He'd already said, the team said I'm going to Miami. Miami. Yeah.
1: Okay. I think that was. Then just I don't a... know why
0: he was. <laughs> like I said, I just remember the response to him. Mm. Never. I don't really know what he said. Uh, it was interesting. People f- seemed very intent- interested in him. But, uh, yeah, that was actually uh, – those meetings
1: were something, man. i got to be honest with you. We haven't gotten Beyonce or David Beckham. What a <laughs> failure. Unbelievable. <laughs> All these broken promises. <laughs> Coming up next, how many times can the Indians get no hit this season?
0: In the morning, when you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment of the Constitution. Freedom of the press and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now the news.
1: <laughs> the Brewers no hit the Indians. Corbin Burns threw eight innings. Zach Hader came in for the ninth because Burns had thrown 115 pitches. But what's more fun about this is the Indian side, who have now been no hit three times this season in a nine inning game. They've been no hit once in a seven inning game as well. But in all three of the nine-ending no-hitters against the Indians, Zach Plesak How about was that the starting pitcher for the Indians.
0: How about that guy? In
1: Zach, all you can't games. get one hit for me. Oh,
0: it only happens one time, two times, three times. If you're that guy, you're like, I need a race just on that. We
1: talk about in baseball. We talk about pitchers and their run support and guys oh, who don't get run. This guy's set a support. record. I don't know what
0: the record support. is for least run support, but Zach Plesac. Uh, he, he's in line to like break the record for that.
1: Three times. The Indians have been no hit, and it's the same starter for them every time.
0: More long shot. That, that it's the same starter in three, or the Ravens lose back-to-back guys on plays to ACLs.
1: Oh, 100% that happens.
0: Ravens are losing everybody in this game tonight. So it's more long shot that you throw three no-hitters in the same dudes uh, pitching the same game. I just thought those back-to-back plays, I'm like, I've never heard of that. I mean, guys get hurt in camp. And guys get hurt day to day, but now you're going down to play to play. It's like, man, that
1: is a killer. And the same injury on both. And the them. same injury yes. on the
0: both. And then John Harbaugh said, John Harbaugh said "We're ex- uh, stopping practice. <laughs> We're done. Everyone That's... can tell off the field." What do you think?
1: Emma Raducanu beat Layla Fernandez to win the U.S. Open. 18-year-old beat a 19-year-old, which is amazing. The, or the amazing part is that Emma Raducanu. Did not drop a set the entire U.S. Open. She was a qualifier. She had to play in qualifying just to get in the main draw. Did not drop a set the entire time. Won the U.S. Open. Amazing.
3: The best part of this is she said, and this I could be getting tricked by the internet, but she said, I just wanted to win enough money to replace my broken AirPods. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. Well, Tyler had last week. She had her. She
0: had, her, she she had, had her plane book. She yeah. had her plane book for like the the day. After she the didn't qualifiers. think she was going to win qualifying.
1: Yeah. yeah, before the first round started, she had her plane awesome. tickets booked, and You're had to her. keep delaying that because she kept winning. She didn't. She did not lose a set. The entire that's which is amazing. Unreal. That's amazing. Like that's like a dominance. Like if Serena did that, right. we'd be right. like, wow, that's incredible. Yeah. Serena didn't drop a set the entire time. She's 18 and was a qualifier. Was ranked like what 100 50th or something and won this she thing. She can
0: throw in an iPod now, too. Yeah, not right. only your bud, she can throw in the
1: iPod. Uh, you know, I can't tell you that. Kansas City beat Cleveland 33 to 29. Such a good game. The Browns oh, blew a 22 so to 10 halftime lead. So good. Do you believe the Chiefs are vulnerable at all in the AFC after
0: that? I do not. Okay. You know why? Because I was ta- my wife and I were watching this and I'm like, there's so few times you have an ability to beat him. You have to finish when you do. When you're up 29-20, and then of course on the next pass he throws a Tyree kill for 75 yards. <laughs> like what the hell happened there? No, but I mean literally throughout. What? How many times uh, in the last few years have you sat there and said, "Oh, they're vulnerable today." You know, there've been a handful obviously because they haven't gone undefeated. But that game yesterday, you got to finish that game. And you know why you have to finish that game? Because Tyler, if you finish that game, you can do some laps around the stadium in your bus. Oh, they could have taken oh, a they victory could have taken the lap. lap.
1: They could have taken the victory lap. Did they take a moral victory lap? Because it was no, close. because you
0: know why? Coaches aren't in a moral victory. Oh, that's right. I heard that that's a right. lot. Yeah, I heard that. Um,
1: here's the thing on the Chiefs. I don't think they're at all vulnerable I either, don't either because we've seen something like that before, all the time. Where Patrick Mahomes, the, the, when the Chiefs play poorly. Patrick Mahomes still has, like, one quarter where yeah. he's the greatest quarterback in the world. Yeah. But, like, they'll they'll play a half, and you're like, eh, it didn't look that great. But then they'll have a quarter where, oh, they score or a play. touchdowns. Right. So it's like, we've seen that before from the Chiefs, where their bad game still has Patrick Mahomes being awesome for 10 minutes. And that's enough to win, because when Patrick Mahomes is awesome, you don't stop the Chiefs. And they score on one 70-yard pass to Tyreek Hill, who... I ran somehow ran a back shoulder fade 70 yards down the field.
0: This isn't breaking any news. And I know the blast, uh, the last row was bad, but he's getting taken down. I maybe wanted to throw it away. Baker Mayfield made throws yesterday. I've never seen Baker Mayfield throw make. I mean, he made some accurate throws. You're like, man, that was a great throw by that guy. It, I thought he played really well. Nick Chubb has the fumble, but Nick Chubb, I think, averaged like eight yards a carry. Every time I looked up, Nick Chubb was at, running for like nine yards. I mean, they played really well, but Pat Mahomes, Pat Mahomes, I don't think they're vulnerable at all. And how many more times can we say that this season? Someone's up nine, and what was that stat yesterday before they took the lead? They And Pat Mahomes was 60-plus games that they had not at least had the lead at some point. It was just like one of those
1: video game stats with Patrick Mahomes. Like, okay, I've never heard that about yeah. anyone else. Like, it was amazing. To go back to the Packers Saints, we have never seen Patrick Mahomes lose a game like that. No. We have never seen them no. where they're just not, to not the competitive, no. where the quarterback is like, it just, it has not happened under right. Patrick Mahomes, which is insane to think yeah. that they, you nev- you're never you never going to blow that team out. If you're going to beat no. that team, you're going to have Possible. to get a defensive stop late in that game. And
3: like, that's that's how almost every Chiefs game is. I mean, the fun stat that I saw was he had 35 touchdowns and zero interceptions yes. before that game, like in just the month of September. In the month of September, he's broken. Like, he's just like, ah, right, it's early. I'll just get these, in, these touchdowns in now. And so that's a huge stat. And also, again, so
0: the games they have lost, they've at least always had the lead. Yeah. Like It's H- just like, that's
3: crazy. He, the other uh, the other good thing I saw about that game was when he ran in that touchdown, which was more or less him just going, I, I guess I got this. I guess I'm just going to run in. Yeah. So the tricky body thing that we've talked about with him, somebody said he looks like he's running with a full can of beer and he's been trying not to spill <laughs> not any to of spill any, not like to the it. The way he runs, yeah. Like that is the per- yes, that is exactly yes. what he looks like. Next question.
1: The Bengals beat the Vikings 27-24 in overtime. I'm excited about this because in overtime, on fourth and one from midfield, Zach Taylor went for it. He goes for it a lot on fourth, though. They drew up a pass play to get into field goal range. It was a great pass by uh, Burrow, the little lob pass. That was a great pass. Great call because a lot of coaches are punting there because if you don't get it, the other team's at midfield and there was like 40-something seconds left. They've got time to get in field goal range and win it. Good call by Zach Taylor. Yeah. Play to win the game, not to he does or a lot. not
3: lose. In our survivor pool, Ed. I know. I was the only he's, person. Well, he wanted to lose. I,
0: I think he wanted to lose on purpose. I don't know why, because he picked the Bengals. So, like, every, every, there was Niners, Rams, and one Bengals. <laughs> and it was Jared. Like, so this week, obviously, he's picking the Lions to beat the Packers.
1: <laughs> wow. Sorry. Um, I got you.
3: Thank you. Sorry. Sorry.
1: (laughs) The Steelers won in Buffalo. Ben Roethlisberger did not throw for over 200 yards either, but they won the game. Josh Allen threw it 51 times, but Buffalo lost. Uh, We saw Josh Allen, his NFL career, two seasons where he was not a very good quarterback. And then last year he was unbelievably good. One of the best quarterbacks in the NFL I think we're getting a lot of regression from Josh. Oh, Allen. you do? I don't think he's going to. He's not going back to where he was like, wow, this guy is not a starting level quarterback. But I do not think Josh really? Allen is finishing this year as, oh, he's one of the five best in the league.
0: So you don't have him in the Super Bowl like
1: me. No, I do <laughs> not have the Bills in the Super Bowl like you. I do not. Um, I, I, yeah, I just I, I think his career suggests last year was a massive outlier and he's going to come back to earth. All right. Maybe. I mean, yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, they, look, the second
0: half wasn't good for them. This is what, if, now, though, I think the Rodgers one was a little disturbing how they lost. This one, I don't know why. I'm more apt to believe, like, I won't overreact on Monday to this one. I still think they're good.
1: Well, Josh Allen's still through for, like, yeah, I mean, I still think they're good. they scored a touchdown. The good defensively. The Packers didn't score a touchdown. Yeah.
0: Was, like, I won't re- overreact to this yeah. one. It'll be interesting if he regresses. I mean, we said the same thing in the beginning of the year about Justin Herbert. Would he regress? Yeah. You know? didn't play great i didn't think he played great yesterday they won the game which is on the road but uh it'd be interesting maybe he does all right coming up next
1: ryan wallace joins the show
0: this isn't the alex
1: ovechkin power hour this
0: is the vgk update with ryan wallace follow him on twitter at ryan
1: hockey guy i'm out a-
4: hello ryan you're hey, right on the air
1: this week aren't you
4: yeah, yeah, you finally got it right. Brother. Yeah, it was actually last hey, week. You were on the it. air
1: last week. I got it. I don't know what time you're on. Three to five? Sure.
4: course <laughs> <Sure enough. laughs>
1: yeah, not. My goodness. The VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. I thought I was the one who left at 9.54 around this place. <laughs> Listen, I just don't pay attention to Ryan. That's all. Just don't know what time he is. Know everything else. Just not Ryan. Be too much effort to put in to know what time Ryan's on the air. How you doing? What's up?
4: Oh, I'm great, buddy. Thanks <laughs> for that. What you guys
1: talking about on the show?
4: Ooh, uh, our top five teams in the NHL and our bottom five teams in the NHL. Mm. That's been a fun little topic that we've been getting into. All right, give me um, give me
1: your bottom five. Who are your bottom five teams?
4: Well, I'm not going to reveal my my. Oh, you haven't done it. Yet. Oh, you haven't done it. Team. Oh, I see. No, no, no. no, no, no. We've been doing a little bit every day, but today on the show we reveal our best team in the league and our worst team in the league. And you know, when you tell me that you don't have enough time or energy to care when I'm on the air, I'm not going to give you that piece of information right now.
1: Well, you're not. Don't don't include me in that group. I haven't said anything. (laughs) You're not on here to talk to me. You got you got the audience. That's what we're talking about here.
4: So,
0: sure, I should know this, but have you revealed? two through five then and just not one
4: we we have we have and you know what ed because i i like you and because you're not tyler <laughs> no. i will go ahead and thank give you. you thank you five through two so my top five teams in the league right now from five down to two okay. i've got boston florida colorado and vegas okay and then my bottom five teams are as follows number five ottawa Number four, San Jose. Number three, Anaheim. Number two, Arizona. So you can kind of figure out, I think, where I'm going with my number one pick. Right. But I do not have the Golden Knights as the number one team in the league. Wow. Okay,
0: you do not have them as the number one team, but given your bottom teams, we believe the Golden Knights, as we said before, will win their division (laughs) by 767 (laughs) points. Because it appears there's a lot of bad teams in that division. (laughs)
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it's possible that the Golden Knights could sweep the Pacific Division all of their games against the Pacific Division. And I don't think it'd be particularly surprising if we're being honest with ourselves.
1: So I'm surprised you're going to go Montreal is the number one team in the NHL.
4: Uh, no. I mean, <laughs> certainly not going to do that.
1: Why not? They got to the the Stanley Cup final last year. I think
0: I know the yeah. top team...
1: In both, but I won't say it. I well, mean, who,
0: I, wait, who do you think is the worst? I think he'll say Seattle's the worst.
1: No, Seattle's going to be good. Are they? They're going to make the well. They screwed up the expansion draft, um, but they're still going to make the playoffs because well, okay. they're in the Pacific. Uh, yeah,
4: Seattle. Seattle might have like lucked themselves into a playoff division or a playoff berth just by being in the Pacific division <laughs> and just by putting together a team that could play hard.
1: Okay, hold on. Let's go Let's go back in time because this expansion draft happened during the summer and I'm not sure we talked about it enough with you. How okay. did the Seattle Kraken not acquire any future assets?
4: I don't know. I, I legitimately don't know. I, I don't get... Uh, I mean, I, I imagined, right, like that at some point in time after the Vegas expansion draft, the general managers will all kind of like get together and say, hey, we can't let an expansion team do that to us again if expansion happens. And then I just imagine, like, okay, well, uh, like uh, some general managers might do that, but then others just like can't help themselves. They've got to put their hand in the cookie <laughs> jar to grab the cookie. And then what what compounded it for me, what I thought was, was most interesting for Seattle, was a lot of teams were really up against it with the cap. A lot of teams were really looking to move players that were very good. Uh, I mean, Vladimir Tarasenko is one of them. It surprises me that there was no possible way for the Seattle Kraken to work a deal to take a bloated contract for something else. I thought with the economic landscape it was going to happen, and it just never did. And I don't know if that's a sign of Ron Francis not doing enough as a general manager of the Kraken or the other NHL general managers smartening up and, and just saying, you know what, take your player. We're not going to work outside deals with you
0: because GMGM uh, got them all the last time. They weren't going to let that to happen. How much did that have to do with it in terms of McPhee?
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that a lot of teams didn't want to be, um, you know, the Minnesota Wilds. They didn't want to lose an Eric Hala and an Alex Tuck, uh, the, the Anaheim Ducks. They didn't want to part with a Shea Theodore um, while also giving up another asset. Like, I, just, I look at this situation and I say there were teams out there that said we're going to lose a player. And that's just going to be what it is. So take your player. If you think, you know, our system better than we do, then try to find the best diamond in the rough. And, and for me, the Kraken could have done a lot more and they just simply didn't.
1: Which three Pacific teams do you think are making the playoffs this year? Uh,
4: uh, Okay. Well, the golden Knights are certainly one. Um, And then there's like a really, really, really big gap. Um, And then it, it's likely going to be Edmonton just because Conor McDavid's going to score like 400 points. And he's going to have to because they've got Mike Smith on their contract for the next few years in goal. Um, and then I, I don't really know. Like, it could be Seattle. It could be Vancouver if they could ever sign Elias Pedersen and Quinn Hughes. It could be Calgary. I don't think it's going to be any of the California teams. So you take your pick. You throw a dart on the board and you see which one sticks, really.
0: Training camp starting uh, soon. I can't believe it. Uh, it, it comes up uh, fast, especially if you go deep in the playoffs. I forgot these numbers were this, and you're going to know them well. That the power play in the postseason was four forty three and 15 Like I knew it was bad, but like you see those numbers written, you're like, man, four of forty three. Uh, yeah. Okay. What are you doing training camp? Uh, you hope Dad enough uh, lends something like what? What can you do in a camp? And I think you really probably have to get into games to really see because you got to go against other people. But man, Ryan, like, what can they do to get this at all better before the season starts?
4: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to take a look at other successful power plays around the league. And you know, you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning and you look at kind of what they do. They are very fluid in their movement. They, you don't have a lot of players standing still often. I don't know that you have to get too crazy about moving personnel around. What I think you have to do is get comfortable with movement. And the other aspect of this is the Golden Knights like to be defensively responsible in every situation. That includes up on the man advantage in the power play. I think sometimes in order to to make your power play successful, in order to whip the puck around, in order to find those seams and those lanes, you have to be a little bit reckless with the puck. You have to try some things. You have to be creative. And you know what? If you turn the puck over and it goes the other way, you've got to trust in your goaltending to bail you out. So I think just kind of going out there, trying to be a little bit more fluid, movement away from the puck, and being creative is really what to get the Golden Knights out of that rut. Uh,
1: we get rookie camp. Peyton Krebs is going to be there. I think that starts this week. Where where would Peyton Krebs fit in if you were filling out the lineup? And what does he have to do to actually crack the opening day lineup?
4: Yeah, it, Peyton Krebs is interesting because I, I do think that he can push for a job at the NHL level. Certainly, Alex Tuck being out to start the season kind of. Paves the way a bit for Peyton Krebs to maybe get a look on the wing. I can't imagine that Nolan Patrick's going to be playing anything other than center for this team, so I think that that really pushes Peyton to the wing. But I mean, if, if you have a good camp, if you're Peyton Krebs and, and you're, you know, during this this rookie tournament thing, you are one of the best players on the ice, and you continue to bring that into main training camp. I think you get a look at the at the NHL level to start, and if there's something there. Maybe you've got a guy that can put some pucks in the back of the net while Alex Puck is still rehabbing.
0: Kelly McCrinnan says it's the best top nine they've ever had. Do you agree?
4: Uh, yeah, I think all things being equal, and, and I would even, I mean, I would even go so far as to say it's the best bottom six they've ever had too. Like I, I know that we you know we look at year number one, we look at Belmar, Carrier, and Nosek as, as one of the best fourth lines in hockey at that time. You know, but I think the pieces right now are there for the Golden Knights to have four very balanced lines. Obviously, the fourth line is not going to lead you in scoring, but I do think there's enough talent there on the on, on the bottom six to chip in goals when it's absolutely necessary or vital that you get them. I think up front this team is very deep and very stacked.
1: Well, he's Ryan Wallace. I don't know what time his show comes on, I but did. it's on Fox Sports Las Vegas with Darren Millard. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. Take care of yourself. This is your friend
0: talking. Thanks, guys. Goodbye. I'm the only one he likes. Boy, what a hard time you give that poor kid. What?
1: I don't give him a hard time. I just can't remember what time his show comes on. Is it three to five? I think hockey-wise,
0: we should only give Millsy a hard time. Four to six?
1: I don't give Ryan a hard time. I just don't know what time his show comes on. That's all. That's the only problem.
0: Jared is rubbing his temples because he knows he'll hear about it. You can fix it, Jared.
1: Just tell me every Monday when we have him on what time his show is. Four to six. Four to six? I was close. If you turned in 3 to 5, you'd hear at least an hour of them. You'd figure it out. You'd be like, oh, they're not on. Hey, wait a minute.
3: Where's Chapman's right. voice? You'd they're just not be on. Like, huh, this sounds a lot like Doug Gottlieb. you figure <laughs> it out. All right, coming up next. Will there be any cats that
1: need to be saved at Allegiant Stadium tonight?
0: We're back to the Press Box Morning Show
1: with Ed Greeny and Tyler Bischoff.
0: <laughs>
1: Ed, do you believe... You could catch a cat with an American flag. Absolutely. If it's falling from, what oh, would yeah. we say, 20 feet yeah. up in the air? You think you could catch Absolutely. it with an American flag? No question. We all could. No question. I don't think we it's that could. difficult. Okay. All right. I don't think it's that difficult at all. I, I wanted to know. It was at Miami? Yeah. So Miami, but, college team, Miami had a football game and the video was of a cat <laughs> hanging on the side of the upper deck like on, like, some cloth or some netting by its paws, and eventually it fell, and the people below had an American flag, and they stretched it out and caught the cat falling in the American flag.
0: I would be holding one end. You would see some kind of weird play in the game. Drop your end, and maybe the cat wouldn't make it. (laughs) Um, Jared would be in the
3: middle, and he would want the cat to survive as well. My wife... That cat's landing on my face. (laughs) Like, that's it's gonna just land on my face and just scratch the living crap out of me. I had to walk her off the ledge when she goes, she got all back. She goes, Why
0: would someone come and throw a cat? off the top. I'm like, I don't think they threw the
3: cat off the
0: top. If you see the cat, it's actually clinging. Now, maybe someone kind of put their finger out and like pushed one of the claws and said, okay, little Jimmy. Uh, But no, they didn't throw the cat off, but the cat did fall. Oh yeah, she goes, why would someone do that to a cat? I'm like, I don't think they did that to
1: the cat. I think it just fell. Are there uh, feral, wild, whatever the word is, cats, stray cats, that's the word. Are there stray cats that like Stadiums across the country.
0: I bet there's more than we know about. I I bet. <laughs> I
3: bet there's more I animals. I bet they aren't stray so much as yes, there they are. they live there. Yeah, <laughs> they 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 get the rodents out of the uh, soda machine.
0: Yeah, I. <laughs> the A's. I, need to that's hire the thing. Them. I mean, I'm with Jared
1: in that. We probably don't want to know the animals at a stadium. Yeah, I'm <laughs> curious. Like one thing about Las Vegas is we don't have that many animals because it's so damn right. hot and there's right. no water here. Yes. So I'm betting a Legion Stadium oh. probably doesn't have too many. <laughs> there's enough water for a women's crew
0: team, I'll tell you that. Like <laughs> me, Jared's right though. I think that they are. They don't, they're not
1: straying I think they live in these places that we don't know about underneath. So whenever there's like an animal that runs on the field at a game. Right.
3: It's always great. I think it's, it's
1: looking for its house. Right. That's underneath its house. the stadium. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It it's just literally home. It just showed up and went, who are you, Pete? Yes. <laughs>
1: You're never here except on one day a week. Who threw a party? This is ridiculous. <laughs> I saw another highlight of an animal. Um, it was cricket was being played. Oh, and okay. ball is put in play. And all of a sudden, you see a dog come running onto the field, pick up the cricket ball, and start running around with it. Dog had a leash and everything. It was some fan (laughs) who brought their dog and let it loose on the field. And then you see this kid who's a teenage boy sprinting onto the field to chat, uh, track down his dog because Bull. it had interrupted the cricket
0: game. Thank goodness it picked up the ball and wasn't hit by the ball, right? I mean, <laughs> if, there's a, if there's a choice there, I want the dog, we're dog people, I want the dog picking up the ball and thinking it's going to be like playing a game or something. But I
1: do love to imagine this dog was sitting in the crowd at this <laughs> cricket game and the whole time was losing its mind because it oh, wanted to he, go he play. He saw the ball continuing to get to go, it. Exactly. And for one yes. brief moment, their owner like let go of the leash or let his yeah. guard down and the dog took off, scooped that ball up and was gone. Took off running. Actually, one of the players like bent down, and the dog ran over to it to bring her the ball. It's great. <laughs> it's great. More dogs in cricket. I don't know what's happening in cricket, so that was about as well, normal as no. What used I have no idea what's in happening in cricket. They play for five days straight. There's two different kinds of cricket. There's like yeah. five days straight cricket, but there's also a much quicker version of cricket. It's all I know is <laughs> it's, in Australian cricket, when you hit a home run, yeah. the equivalent of a home run, you get six points. But then they start doing fractions with their scoring, and it's like six over twelve, and I'm like. What's the twelve mean? I don't know. There's what that means. certain
0: sports. Uh, my daughter actually is involved in something in San Diego where they're gonna do teach her how to play polo, and she goes, "I think I need to, uh, you know, ha- Does she know the how to horse, ride a horse. The horse has to." No, I said, "Oh my god!" I said, "I hope this is like teaching you and not expecting you to play. Those horses go fast."
3: She doesn't know how to ride a horse. No.
0: It's like beginner, but it's like, uh, can you just go really slow on the it's- horse? You're, you're worrying me right
3: now. <laughs> is this like? how one of the colleges I went to offered a one credit archery class. This might be her
0: version of my San Diego state bowling class for the one unit, you know, well, like you're trying to get class. Well, it's like Jared said, You got to get the one unit to fill out your 18 or whatever yeah. it is. And it's like, all right, I'll take, I'll take like a one unit class. I don't know if this is it, But like I'm like Bridget, I think you've been on a horse one time, maybe. So just tell them to go really slow when you start, or maybe you could just walk past by the horse and like feed it like apples or something. Like that will be your way to get the
1: one unit. How was your bowling class? Because my (sighs) what did you do for your one unit? I didn't. I didn't have one of those. But my roommate in college took racquetball. Yeah, for one unit. And he hit somebody in the face, and they were bleeding during their last day of class. Maybe he didn't get the one unit. (laughs) (laughs) He also took a. It was. It was a. Jogging class. Oh my god! I thought bowling was bad. And their final exam, I think they had to run a mile, run or jog, and well, whatever you wanted (laughs) to do, and whatever your time was was your final score in the class. I'm trying to figure out how you do that. Yeah, well, they had every every person in a different window. So the way they did it was the first day
3: of class.
1: You ran they, your mile. They jogged a mile. Right, right. And then everyone had to improve oh, by a certain amount of to time. To get your A or whatever. To get, you get an, your unit. yeah. If you improved okay. by this much time, it was an All A. Right. By this much time, it was a B Whoa. and so on i don't know about jared's class but my bowling class was pass fail <laughs> like if we're
0: doing <laughs> granny's grades it's pass or it's not an a because it, it's pass fail. like yes did you throw the ball down the lane there yes i did uh, do you have the bumpers you get a c if you don't have the bumpers you get an a i <laughs> believe
3: ours was attendance based
0: yes i mean you get the you get the unit
3: just for showing well, up. well you ever yeah every once in a while you hear about like a dog or a cat bringing it back around <laughs> uh that, like, has enough credits to graduate from a university <laughs> because people sign it up for classes and they're all attendance things.
1: Yeah, let's go. Put the dog in class. Wait, uh, are you any good at bowling? No. Oh, okay. Uh, was there anybody in this class that was, like, bowling a 300? No. Oh, okay. No, it was just so people trying to get their just unit. Just a bunch of college Yeah, just kids a bunch of college like
0: try, trying to get. Bowling? Hell yeah.
3: yes. Trying to get that You're one telling unit. me that there's a bar in the classroom? <laughs> <laughs> the,
0: the bowling alley was on campus next to Monty's, which is a bar, so it was close.
1: The only only bowling alley in Ole Miss burned down. (laughs) Insurance rod. What?
0: There's a press box transition.